0: This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Take care if there might be young people listening. Welcome to Doing It. This podcast is to help parents, carers and anyone working with young people understand relationships and sexuality education. My name is Anne and I work with the Sexual Health Victoria Schools and Community Team. We deliver classes to school-aged children so they can better understand their own bodies, growing up, respect, consent, reproduction, sex, sexual health and relationships. This episode is the last of a seven-part series produced with the support of the eSafety Commissioner. Go back if you haven't heard the earlier episodes. In this series, I've focused on a sentence from the eSafety Best Practice Framework for Online Safety Education in reference to children's rights online. It says that young people have the right to provision, participation and protection. My discussions in this series have focused on protection with the view that relationships and sexuality education is a protective factor on and offline. Sexual Health Victoria is an agency committed to providing education and clinical support so that people might have positive, pleasurable sexual experiences and good sexual health. Increasingly, this means providing education and support in and about online relationships. In this episode, I'm going to speak to Sharon Trotter, who is the Education Manager of Prevention and Inclusion at eSafety. Australia had a world first with the establishment of a government agency solely committed to keeping citizens safer online. Sharon is going to talk in some more detail about what eSafety does and their goals. Sharon, thank you so much for speaking with me in conclusion of this series of podcasts I'm making with the eSafety Commissioner.
1: You are welcome. It's It's good to be with you.
0: So as I've been making this series, I've kept in my mind three words from the best practice framework for online safety education. Provision, participation and protection. So what's your vision for young people in terms of their right to provision and participation in the online world?
1: Um, That's a great question because, to an extent, you know, as the safety commissioner, we are about the protection end and the, I guess, another P, the uh, prevention end as well. But when it comes to provision, um, I think we just really recognise how important the online world is for young people. It is absolutely fundamental to their lives. They use it for a variety of purposes, all the way from communication, entertainment, schoolwork, help-seeking. It is so important to their lives. So I guess we just really want to acknowledge um, and reflect that fact. Um, Our most recent research into young people's use of the internet showed that um, teenagers are online over 14 hours per week, which was exclusive of school time and it was a pretty solid chunk of time. When it comes to participation, We really see and encourage that young people are really involved in the decisions that involve them. They have a seat at the table basically. So that means, for example, that um, in the family context, it might mean, um, and we'll talk about some of this later, but if as a family, you're drawing up a family tech agreement, It's going to have a lot more chance of success if you've been talking to people, your your young people, your children along the way, um, and you agree on what the rules of your household will be when it comes to their online use. Um, For schools and so on, um, when you're drawing up policies and guidance for young people about their internet use, again, we really encourage consulting with those young people who are going to be directly impacted. Um, and for us at eSafety, uh, we really, um, again, want to give young people that seat at the table when it comes to having a say in um, online safety matters and programs that involve them. So we have um, we've recently set up our Youth Advisory Council and um, a very exciting thing for eSafety. We're really looking forward to hearing youth, uh, young people's voices and putting them at the center of our programs and um, you know, our, our practices going forward.
0: Um, yeah, co-design is such an important feature um, and co-designing with youth is fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. We really just recognise that, you know, if we're really going to get cut through with our messaging, we, we need to be hearing from young people about what it is that they are experiencing and how, you know, we can realistically be helping them.
0: So what can government agencies like eSafety do to provide protection for young people?
1: So we had a few P's before, so I'm going <laughs> to conceptualise our work through um, what we call the, the three the three P's, the three pillars of, of the work that we do. Um, they are prevention, protection and proactive change. First of all, starting with Prevention. So um, I work in the prevention space, so of course I would say that that is a, the most important element, and the goal with our prevention work is really to be stopping harms happening before, before they start. Um, that's things like, I, we, we do that through offering um, website information, um, we offer resources and programs for parents, for teachers. Um, And and not just for young people and the people who um, influence them, we also offer programs for, for example, women who are experiencing technology facilitated abuse in the context of domestic and family violence. Um, And other uh, more vulnerable members of the Australian community, we have targeted programs um, that reach those people. Um, so that's the prevention side of the pillar. Um, the protection side is, you know, what happens if things do go wrong, um, and that, that's where we offer um, our complaints and takedown schemes. So I know that you've, um, in, in your podcast series already, you've spoken to Alex Ash about, about some of our um, complaints. Or one of our complaint schemes in particular, but um, we we have four uh, ways that we can take four types of uh, of content that we can take complaints about, and we can work to get that content taken down. So um, just in brief, um, they are uh, we have a cyberbullying complaint scheme. So for young people under the age of 18 who have experienced cyberbullying, they can complain about that to us, and we can work to get that content taken down intimate images. Um, If you're, um, this is for anyone of any age, if an intimate image of you has been shared without your consent, um, again, you can report that through to eSafety and we will get that content taken down. We have a new scheme which is targeting um, serious cyber abuse that's impacting on an adult, so that's somebody over the age of 18. Um, And we also have our um, scheme for harmful and illegal online content. So we offer, you know, those, those four ways um, that if something is going wrong address hopefully address that concern Um, and then the other way um, that we do our work is through a proactive change element and that's really where we are working with the um, technology industry to embed concepts like safety by design which is you know uh, the concept around making sure that when you build technology it has safety built in right from the get-go so it's not being added as an afterthought or an or as an add-on, but the tech companies are thinking, you know, through that lens of how they can promote safety and ensure that right from the outset of uh, their product design. The other a thing that we offer under our, we have regulatory schemes that we administer and we work with the internet industry around codes of practice whereby we call it a co-regulatory approach, an industry developing a code of practice that will um, deal with certain types of harmful online content. Um, we will work with them around developing that code of practice and we will register the code when we're sort of satisfied that it meets certain requirements. So I guess that's another part of us sort of shaping that um, online regulatory environment. When it comes to um, agencies like eSafety, um, actually eSafety is the first online safety regulator in the world. So uh, Australia has kind of led the way in terms of its response here to um, online safety concerns. Uh, we're certainly not the last. We are um, we're aware that there's a number of other countries looking at Australia's model um, and how it can how they can apply that or apply something in their own country.
0: Yeah, it's that's so interesting I think a feature a feature word through the podcast has been proactive be proactive yeah. about this be proactive about this conversation um, and ideally prevention is better than um, following through with repairing harm if it happens
1: exactly that's right it is it is definitely best to um, you know to prevent that harms from happening but we do recognize that um, that that can't always be the case. So I think it is important then to have a way of um, helping those people who have experienced online harm. Mm.
0: What can individuals do to protect themselves and their families from harm online? So if you're
1: a parent, I think um, really one of the most important things you can do is just to be talking to your child about um, their, their you know, what they are doing online and keeping those lines of communication open with your child. So we really encourage starting those conversations about online safety just the moment you hand over a digital device to them. And from there on in it's important to keep checking back obviously um, you know your child as they mature, their online behaviors will change. so keep yeah keep talking regularly and often about what they what they are doing online, who they're talking to you know if they are seeing anything that is of, of concern it's really important to. To keep that conversation going. The other thing we really encourage parents to do is not to focus so much on the fact that it's technology and they may feel that they're not the household expert when it comes to technology but to get online themselves and participate with their child or on their own make sure that they also are engaged online and that they're aware of what their child is doing and what what the potential is of the various services or apps or websites that their children are accessing. Not being scared that it's technology and it's out there and they don't, want, they don't necessarily know what to do about it, but seeing, um, guiding the young people through their technology journey as being another aspect of parenting um, and, and just applying those same old parenting skills that they would um, to any other situation in their child's life. Do things like create family tech agreements. So, again, doing it with your child. That might be things, and your family tech agreement might include things like having limits on how long they can spend online, um, what apps and activities they're allowed to do online, and also where, potentially, to use the devices. You might want them to be using it Uh, particularly when they're younger, um, to be using the device where you can be keeping an eye on what it is that they're doing. I think we recognise that for parents, you know, obviously their rules are going to change as their child um, grows older. So initially, um, as a parent, you might be um, very actively, but obviously as that changes, um, your child will grows older they'll be a bit more in- independent online and I think that's where you really it really comes back to making sure that you have those lines of communication they're open so that if a child experiences anything that causes them concern they know they can come to you. We do encourage um, our parents not to sort of leap to taking away the technology um, if your young person has an issue with or if something has happened to them online obviously you know that that's a matter for the parent your Your judgment as a parent but um, sometimes that is the very thing that children will most fear and that will that may cause them to be reluctant to come to you with a problem so you don't leap to taking away the device as a solution
0: when we talk to young people uh, about online behavior we often talk in terms of what is legal and what is ethical and Mm -hmm. the legal is is easy to find out. We can read the laws and understand what they say. But ethics is more difficult to talk about. So how could discussions of ethical behaviour be embedded into cyber safety education?
1: Our education content is really framed really strongly around those kind of ethical considerations. That's not to say that we don't include discussion around uh, the legal aspects, and sometimes young people just want to know, you know, if I do this, is it against the law? (laughs) And sometimes it's a bit easier to define, um, you know, what is legal and what's illegal, although I should add that that is also, um, you know, there's often interpretation and context over those kind of considerations. Um, But, yeah, our programs are really focused around um, um, some underpinning ethical understandings, and I think that's really important for long-term behaviour change. And I'm talking about things like, um, you know, some sort of fairly simple, in some ways, ethical concepts like encouraging young people to be nice to others online, to be aware of how their actions might impact others and to be aware that, you know, in an online context, you can't necessarily see how somebody is, is reacting to, social, to sort of anticipate how it might impact, to be aware that some things might impact on some people more than others. And so to apply that sort of contextual thinking, things like how, how and when to seek help for yourself or for someone else. If things do go wrong, so I think you know they're really, um, I guess at heart they are sort of are ethical concepts, and around they go to things like um, more of those social and emotional behaviours that we really want to see um, and cultivate in young people. Some of the programs we have, and these are all available on our website, but um, we have a program called the Yes Project, which is all about encouraging young people to be positive present uh, to be a positive presence online and to support their peers online. We have a computer game called um, the lost summer which again is really encouraging young people to be respectful of others um, to take responsibility for their actions um, to be empathetic to other people's situations and and also to be resilient. Behaviors that we want to see and encourage online are the same as the behaviors that we want to see and encourage offline so it's not a whole different spectrum or um, a whole different way of thinking about things it is you know those same kinds of skills and um, capacities that we really want to be developing.
0: Uh, What would you like young people to know about services available through eSafety?
1: We really want um, I guess fundamentally we really want young people to know that we are here and that our services are available um, and that we can offer practical help and support to both you know prevent those online harms from happening But if something has happened online, we can offer support um, and we can help, hopefully, to address the concern. Yeah, I think we really want to stress that um, if people make a complaint to us, we, we focus on practical outcomes. Um, often if people come to us because they've been cyberbullied or because they have experienced image-based abuse, the one thing that they most want and that will most sort of help them is to get that content taken down. And we have, um, through our powers, um, we can can do that. We can, you know, we can arrange for that content. We can work with the uh, providers, the platforms, and we can get that content taken down. Um, If it's content that they've come to and they're concerned and it doesn't meet our complaints thresholds, there are still ways that we can help. We can refer people through to the police if we think it's a matter for uh, law enforcement rather than e-safety. And we can and do refer people through to Kids Helpline or other help services if if they need help um, of that nature. So um, please come to us if you have a problem, we can help to address it and we can direct you to other people who can also um, assist we really want young people to know about the range of education um, services and resources that we have um, that we offer through both our website and we also offer training webinars for parents um, and we offer professional training for teachers and for others who work with young people and support them so to check out um, what we offer there. I think as well um, if you are a parent And you want some advice on some of those really tricky issues, like how how to start a conversation with your kids about a sensitive issue. We have a lot of conversation starters on our website as well. Um, If you're a teacher and you're looking for some curriculum-based resources that are mapped to the national curriculum, we offer those through our website. So I think the key message is really to encourage young people to get online um, and to check out what it is that we offer.
0: I think you're right and just know that you're there I think just knowing about the service in what appears, I think, to young people to be a very unregulated environment, to know that there is regulation there, I think is reassuring. Exactly. Sharon, thank you so much for speaking with me. You are welcome. Thank you. Sharon has really reiterated the need for a proactive approach to protection Also that conversations about e-safety don't need to be limited by someone's technical expertise. Users of technology are making decisions based on the social and emotional skills that they have. Young people will need help building these skills. Sharon also talked about the regulatory role that e-safety plays in Australia. This is so helpful for young people to know about as a reporting avenue and it's important to the structure of how new technologies are designed and created. Finally, I would like to leave the last word to some young people. I asked the staff at Sexual Health Victoria if they would record the young people in their lives answering the question, what should young people learn about seeing or doing sexy things online? Even in a workplace full of people who talk about sex all the time, it was hard to recruit. I had parents who agreed that their children would record for me, and then word came back that their children were absolutely not up for answering a question about sex, or that their children were concerned about where the audio would be used and who would hear it. I got a few responses. Here's what they said. What young people need to learn
1: is how to say no if someone they know asks them to take photos of inappropriate parts of their body. Even if it's a close friend, you just need to say no because you don't know what your friend might do with those pictures, who they'll
0: share it with or where they will post it. If your texts and photos that you send to the other person are shared by others, it may ruin your career Your classmates might find out, and your parents also will find out. People should be taught on factors such as consent and basic sex education at a younger age before being exposed to what they see as attractive to differentiate between respectful and toxic relationships. I think kids should know that people have pubes. Uh, That you can't rely that everything you see is real. Your expectations will become unrealistic
1: about what most people like doing in reality and what most people look like in reality.
0: I think young people should learn that porn doesn't always reflect what a healthy relationship looks like. I don't like sexy things, they're worse. And Mom, don't tell me that. thanks for listening i've really enjoyed being able to talk to so many people about sexual content online and what we should say about it to our young people i'm really hoping that this can progress the discussion we have with our young people about sex and relationships on and offline thank you to all the contributors we had some parent voices in episode one our well-being coordinator kate Greg from eSafety, Mandy Stevens, Beck Martin, Andrea Karidias, Alex from eSafety, Fida Sanjakdar, Detective Superintendent Jane Crosling, Dr. Kath Albury, Zara Hakim, Dr. Zara Stardust, Vanessa Hamilton, Sharon Trotter, and thank you to our under 20-year-old contributors in our final episode. For more information on Sexual Health Victoria, go to shvic.org.au or follow us on socials. For research information and resources on e-safety, go to esafety.gov.au. You can contact me directly at doingit at shvic.org.au. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate the podcast if you like it, review it if you have some comments and, and circulate the resource if you can. Thank you so much.